1: You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network.
0: Fantasy Sports Today. It's going down right here.
1: Football Friday. What's going on, peeps? Woo-hoo! Mike Wood and Jay Martinez. On FST at Fantasy Sports Radio Network, thanks for listening. On TuneIn on iHeartRadio, and as always... Vanish Sports Radio. Network. Yeah, free to download, free to listen. So, uh, we will get to it. There's no, uh, there's no uh, misgivings about what's going on this weekend. Best weekend of football, I think, every year. I agree. It's the weekend I have the most fun watching the games. I think it's the highest quality of football that you can watch. We've seen in recent years the NFC Championship game be blowouts. Uh, I think two teams can be going can. You know, a lot of times in the championship games, a team is sort of Mm -hmm. out of gas. You know what I mean? Or they come off a huge emotional win like Minnesota did last year, and they get run off the field in the second half in Philly. But this week, we got a couple of teams that are rested and a whole bunch of hot teams, uh, not the least of which uh, is the Indianapolis Colts. We'll go game by game and break all this stuff down. Uh, Dane, I think you and I, as far as the picks this weekend, are effectively at least 75% on the same page, and we may be 100% on the same page. But, um, you, know, you know, we'll get to some other stories as well, but clearly the games for tomorrow are the ones that I want to get started with. So Colts-Chiefs, you know, this game, this spread has settled in at 5. It hasn't really moved much. We've been talking about yeah. that spread all week. I Do Definitely. I expect some last-minute movement? I think it's possible. Uh, I was listening to a podcast last night, um, the Behind the Bets podcast uh, oh, on yeah. ESPN. And Scooch. They have me possibly changing my mind, uh, even though i have been feeling good about the five uh, points. Uh, basically, the thought process from the guy who runs the book, I can't remember his name, but uh, he was saying that uh, there's just a, too much of a gap in these two teams right now and the public money. Uh, a lot of the money line bets are coming in on the Colts, which isn't so alarming, except that he feels like the five probably isn't enough and the Chiefs are a superior team. I'm just worried about the way the Chiefs close the season, Dane. Yeah. We talked about this yesterday. They went three and three down the stretch. Two of the wins were against Oakland, and right. one of them was a tight game against Oakland. Overtime. And the other one was the overtime win against the Ravens.
2: Yeah, I listen, I the more i look at it i see it differently than 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 those guys blew it i i i think i'm i'm convincing myself more and more of the colts my only question is do i take the five points and do i have the stones to bet them outright you know we've said these things right the chiefs are 3 and 3 in their last six with the raiders being their two of their three wins we've talked about how hot andrew luck is here's the other thing i want to give you uh, and the thing that I'm I'm really going to start to hang my hat on, I've been telling you for the last couple of weeks about my fear on these first-time quarterbacks in the playoffs. Deshaun Watson, I think, was inaccurate. Lamar Jackson fumbling. You know, even Trubisky had a QBR below 50, right? I think that... Especially when you have a quote unquote gunslinger like Patty Mahomes, the risk taker. You know, he's had a lot of 50 50 plays that have come up roses for him all season long. You know, a lot of plays where you're like, oh my God, no, 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 yes, that sort of thing, right? right? And when you hit the bigger stage, the brighter lights, right? And with a quarterback that, in my opinion, has a lot of variance in his play, and then you put, you mix that with the stage as well. Um, that that worries me. You know, all it takes is for one of those coin flips to come up tails instead of heads, and uh, I think that's a problem. And I think Marlon Mack can have have his way running behind this offensive line against that run defense.
1: Yeah, I and mean, the Colts defense did have a uh, a solid, a, a really good year. Obviously, they finished yeah. top ten in points allowed. They were tenth uh, as far as passing defense. Uh, they give they give up a decent amount of yards per play. They limited the amount of touchdowns. Only gave up 21 passing touchdowns, which was the third least in the entire league. And they're about mid-range passing defense across the board. Similarly, you know, they gave up the eighth least yards in the league rushing the ball and the sixth least touched, uh, yards per carry, So, which isn't always an entirely reflective stat. But uh, on the whole, they did a pretty good job defensively. And I think we are starting to learn about who some of these players are. They don't have a standout pass yeah. rusher, but Dinico Autry can picked up, I think, nine and a half sacks. Darius Leonard led the league in tackles. You know, we're right. As a rookie, and they yeah. the key and the key is they've been playing so much better in these these ten of eleven that they've won. Um and I don't think the Chiefs are getting to the Super Bowl. I've said this for a number of weeks now. I think they maybe peaked a little too early slash right. I don't like the fact that they can't stop the run at all. Um so And no one wants to I, say it, but losing Kareem Hunt is a big deal.
2: Yeah, yeah,
1: but Damian Williams has been effective Damian.
2: He has, but he's a different kind of guy. He's not a He's not Kareem Hunt. He's more of a dynamic shifty, you know, burst of speed kind of guy. You really think he's a three-down guy like Kareem Hunt is?
1: No, he's not Kareem Hunt, but, you know, James Conner was a Le'Veon Bell, and they didn't really miss a beat running the ball. For some reason, they stopped running the ball in Pittsburgh, but uh, it wasn't because James Conner uh, and even Jalen Samuels wasn't effective. They just put the ball on the games on Ben's shoulder, and, you know, things didn't go exactly as anticipated this season. But Yeah, I, I think, think it makes
2: him slightly easier to defend when you know yeah. what Damian Williams is, as opposed to Kareem Hunt. I, you know, they're still a very prolific offense. But I do think it makes them slightly easier to defend, and they are 3-3 three and three since that went down.
1: Yeah, this is the fifth postseason meeting between the teams and the first since the 2013 playoffs. Do you remember what happened in that one? Oh,
2: I certainly do. Yeah, that was crazy. I think both teams went over 40 in that one, and the Colts had a huge comeback. I remember yeah. that one. I remember watching yeah. that one with uh, Alex Smith as the uh, Chiefs yeah. quarterback and Andrew Luck going right. back and forth.
1: 45-44 on wild card yeah. weekend. The Colts lead the postseason series 4-0, and including the postseason, Indy holds a 69 advantage all time. And there was a massive comeback there. I, I want to say it was yep.
2: twenty-four points, points. Maybe,
1: 20, maybe. Yeah, that I was, sounds right. That's I thought it was right. 24, but yeah. High.
2: And that was also the one where there was like Andrew Luck, there was a fumble, and Andrew Luck like picked it up and dove yeah. for the, one of those touchdowns. That's one of the highlight yeah, plays about, I remember from that game. Yeah, yeah
1: absolutely. So... Uh, We all know the Chiefs won the AFC Division title for the second consecutive season, their longest streak, excuse me, for the third consecutive season. That's the longest streak in franchise history. Uh, Mahomes, second player in NFL, 1,000 passing yards and 50 touchdown passes in a single season. you know who the other one was? Peyton
2: Manning, no? Or Drew Brees? Peyton Manning. I'll say
1: Peyton. Yeah, and uh, Tyreek Hill set the single-season franchise record with 1,479 passing yards. So, um, you know, I, I, I think honestly, the Chargers' pass game is a really tough one to call. But the further through the week that this is getting, this one's a little tougher to call. My initial reaction was Colts. I don't think the Chiefs are going to get to the Super Bowl, right. but do they survive this one and lose the next one? Um, you know, we're talking about all kinds of weather in. Uh, New England England. on Sunday. I I haven't even checked what the weather's going to be in Kansas City.
2: Mid-30s, but no precipitation. Mid-30s, but no precipitation.
1: Yeah, it's just flurries, but flurries are no big deal. Um, um, What I'm looking at, that's not going to be a big deal. It's 4.30, uh, so it could get pretty cold there towards the end of it, and the Colts are a dome team. But I don't know. I I, I never think that that stuff impacts teams that badly. Uh, So... You know, we'll make our official picks, I suppose, at the end of the hour. But I got to say that this one—I've heard some conflicting opinions on this one now, and it's starting to jam me up a little bit. We talked to David. Gotta go with your gut, blew it. Yeah, I know. It's usually why I'll I'll end up taking the points in a game like this. Just to, it's a little bit of a hedge. I think the Colts have a shot, but maybe (laughs) the Chiefs are going to win. So we got that one, uh, and obviously the other game tomorrow. Is Cowboys Rams. We'll do some other NFL stories in the middle segment and to do the the official picks. And we'll go over all these games, obviously, today uh, on some level. But one last thing on the Chiefs game, real quick. Absolutely. You know how we're
2: doing this uh, early 2019 mock draft? Yes. uh, With with some of our guys. Corey Parson from Mm -hmm. the 11 spot. Corey Parson from the 11 spot. Three of his first four picks are Tyreek Hill, Damian Williams, and Pat Mahomes. Would you ever go so all in on a team, even though I know it's the Chiefs and how prolific they've been? Would you take like the entire triplets of one team?
1: Um, I, like, would I don't it have I mean, ever
2: been smart to have Big Ben, AB, and Le'Veon Bell?
1: Yeah, obviously it would have been smart.
2: So you ride with yeah. Mahomes, Hill, and Damian Williams as a good strategy?
1: And it would have been very hard to pull off what you just said. Right, with Levy and, and AB Brown because both, both of those right. guys were top five right. fantasy sure. players, but yeah, if you were in some sort of dynasty league and you had Levy and AB and Ben, you just grab Ben to you know, cover the
2: offense.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I, I think it's it's fine to do that. I don't, I don't think three is hmm. egregious. I think doing it three out of four picks, you're trying to get us to talk about you
2: a little bit, <laughs> which, I, <laughs> which, right. which I don't
1: mind. I don't mind. Fair is, it's for fun, and we can we can. Oh bring yeah, that's why strategies. I picked Le'Vel
2: two overall. You know, I get it. But he also has Mike Thomas. So
1: like, like honestly, after four picks, he has Mike Thomas, Tyreek Kill, Damian Williams, and Pat Mahomes. The worst pick there is Damian Williams because right. he's banking we don't know that he's exactly, a starting running back. Right. Yeah, we don't know exactly what the role is going to be. Uh, it's too early for me to take a quarterback personally, but if you're going to take Pat Mahomes and you get him at the. What was that the, the beginning of the fourth round? It's not crazy. Yeah. It's just no, not I something you. I normally would do. Uh, All right, but cool. yeah, just I, I think that's fair. Yeah. Uh, so next game is uh, Cowboys Rams. That one holding at seven and a half right now. Two plus two sixty on the money line for the cow. Cal- plus one eighty two on the cheese for the money line. By the way, you're getting even more value than you were earlier in the week, despite mm. the spread not moving. Uh, plus two sixty. On the Cowboys, uh, for a team that I think the style of football they play, we've talked about this already, I think this is better than their team was a couple of years ago, and you play this style of football, you can really win any game. Do you right. know what I mean? It travels. It's yeah. just, Dak is going to be Running on the road defense. at night, bright lights, um, and can Dak hold up under the pressure that Aaron Donald creates. Now, there's I think a misperception that we've talked about before that the Rams have a great pass rush because Aaron Donald is there. But the reality is Aaron Donald is the pass rush and nobody else has really brought anything this year to them. A little weak at the linebacker position. They obviously have some high profile veterans in the defensive backfield. Will they be able to get the Cowboys off the field on third down and, or can Dak convert some of those big third downs? That's going to be the story of this game for me. Can the Rams blow their doors off? Yeah, I think they could. But the Cowboys are really playing against that uh, possibility lately. The Colts did it to them. I guess it's about a month ago now. But really, the Cowboys are going to keep games tight, and they're winning most of them.
2: Yeah, you know, this line right now that I see at 7.5, I'd love it so much better if it was (laughs) 6.5, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Um, Yeah, yeah. And, you know, you talked about their pass rush, and that's right. That's why they went out and got Dante Fowler, right, in the middle of the season because they knew they still needed to address some of that. What I think is interesting here in this one, because to me, that 7.5, that hook scares me a lot. I do think the Rams win this game. I do think the way the Cowboys play, you know, lends itself to maybe, you know, stay in close or the back door could be open in this one. What I also think is intriguing here is the total in this one blew it. You know, I'm seeing it at 49 and a half and, and, and to me, that's Vegas hedging their bet on the idea of style makes fight, right? It seems to me that they don't know what's going to rule the day, the Rams' offense, or will the Cowboys be able to apply their style in this game? I think that is a very interesting thing. So if you feel strongly one way or the other about whose style can win this fight, I think that's something really, really interesting. And I kind of lean towards the Cowboys, but you know – I can't bet an under in the NFL in 2019, blew it. Do you think this yeah. could be under, though, if 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 the Cowboys can run the ball, control the clock a little bit, play some good defense?
1: Yes, I, I do think so. But it would be the Cowboys really controlling the game in order to lose it. Vegas is telling you, basically, they expect a 29-21 game. That's really what you're looking at. So Right, the you know, 7.5. 29-21.
2: The game sort of makes sense yeah. They're expecting a twenty-eight, twenty-one game, yeah, yeah. But so I, I, I don't know. It's it seemed like you know how like we always say like five is a dead number. I feel like they're hanging a dead total right here almost.
1: Yeah. Well, you got to kind of you know hedging
2: their bets, split in the middle. Yeah.
1: Got, I, I'm surprised it didn't move yet, but you got to figure the late money is going to come in on the Cowboys to get value bets and to get points. With that and, hook, frankly, because they're the Cowboys. Yeah. I, I would think that that will happen. But
2: you know uh, anyway, a couple
1: stats on this one from before bet... I let you come. I'm no, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh I was just gonna okay. say the Rams won the NFC West in consecutive seasons for the first time since nineteen seventy three to seventy nine when they won all those years in a row. Uh enter the postseason two seed obviously. LA led the conference in total offense with four hundred and twenty one yards per game at thirty two point nine points per game. Um and while running back Todd Gurley led the NFL with 21 scrimmage touchdowns and ranked fourth, and while Todd Gurley had 21 scrimmage touchdowns and ranked fourth with 1,831 scrimmage yards. I mentioned Aaron Donald, 20 and a half sacks. Uh, the Cowboys, we know all about last week when Zeke ran for 170 yards. This is the ninth postseason meeting between the teams, and it's the first since yeah. the 1985 NFC Divisional Playoffs. It's a really long time. The Rams won that game twenty to nothing. And I remember that playoff vividly. I was was that the Flipper kid. Anderson game? No. No. Okay. No. Um I think Flipper Anderson did it against the Saints. I think it was okay. regular season. But okay. I remember that vividly because the NFC NFC divisional playoffs in eighty five, there were a ton of shutouts. The Rams beat them oh, okay. twenty to nothing on the other okay. side. The Giants are getting blanked. Out, right? right. The Giants are getting blanked by the Bears in that game where Sean Landetta missed the punt because of the wind. He like right. he tried to loft the punt out there and he missed the kick and the Bears scored a touchdown. And then the Bears the next week blanked the Rams. They went shut out, right. shut out, and then destroyed New England in the Super Bowl. So uh a little bit of a history there for you. So okay, go ahead. Back to you on this game. <laughs>
2: No, I was just wondering because the way the narrative has been and what I feel is I like both the Rams and the Saints, the chalk in the NFC, but these so spreads being both over a touchdown are a little bit scary to me. I know we've talked about like uh, teasing him versus like the money line parlays, and I had a chance to ta- yeah. talk with Gabe Morancy on his show yesterday, and he actually literally did the math for me and showed that yeah, it was yeah. a better value at like, you know, minus 130 instead of minus 150 if you tease them both.
1: Yeah. I think that would be the move for me. Uh, if you don't have the confidence, like you're sort of displaying, you're being a little wishy-washy on the seven and a half, and I totally understand that. But I yeah. think the move would be to tease it down. Uh, i feel very confident the Saints uh, minus one. If you get the and Rams and Saints both to
2: under a field goal. Yeah. If you can get them both yeah, low, I mean, yeah, I would tease it. both have to more.
1: win the game. So, right. exactly. uh, so I like it. So, all right, we're going to come back. We'll do a little Antonio Brown. I'm sure you guys all love that. It's Mike and Daniel on FST. We'll be right back on the Fantasy
0: Sports Radio Network. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. Adam Gase could develop a quarterback because Jay Cutler threw 22 touchdowns and 11 interceptions. And this is what makes Adam Gase a quarterback whisperer. He helped, helped Peyton Manning throw 55 touchdowns and 5,000 yards. This was the biggest hire in Jets history. They haven't had a franchise quarterback since Joe Namath. If you want to call him a franchise quarterback, they finally have one. Sam Darnold, biggest hire in Jets history. You hire a coach from Miami? Weekdays, noon Eastern on FNTSY Radio and on your popular podcast providers.
2: Hi, I'm Keith Evans.
0: Go to GameFaceGrooming.com for all your athletic facial wipes and body cleansing needs.
1: We're back on FST. A little bit of Foo Fighters to get you going on this football Friday, so... If you like to wager on sports or never have and would like to try, head on over to BetDSI. They have wagering options for almost any sport you can think of, including sides, totals, and player props, where you can utilize your daily fantasy skills without salary cap constraints. You can even wager on eSports, politics, and reality TV, or get an edge with live betting at BetDSI, where you can wager... (laughs) That's right, you know, your reality TV. (laughs) Or get an edge with live betting at BetDSI, where you can wager virtually any time, During a contest, capitalizing on in-game circumstances. There are so many ways you can make money. So use the promo code FNTSY101 when signing up and get a 100% bonus deposit match. So head on over and open your account at BetTSI. That's promo code FNTSY101 to get your 100% bonus deposit match. So I just found out my buddy Dane here got nominated and my buddy Scott got nominated. The best... Radio show finalist. this is uh, the FSTA Awards. When do they give those out? Later At the month?
2: FSTA Conference, which happens down in Tampa later on this month. Yeah, is that's right. When they announce yeah, the winners. A couple, winners. Yeah.
1: Yeah, like a couple, weeks, couple weeks away. So Dane got Fantasy Football Frenzy got nominated. So that's Corey and Jim Day. Adventure Corey Parson and, and Jim Day. Day. Yeah. And then it is Roto Experts in the morning. So that's Dane and Scott. I've been on that show a million times. Dane and Scott have done a great job with it this year, so I'm happy to have them nominated. Looking at some other ones there, I think some of the competition stiff. Some of it not so much. You know what am I going to say? Fair enough. Hey, but listen, you know, but I can't make fun because we didn't get nominated for this show, so I can't make fun of those shows.
2: Big shout out to Corey Parson, Jim Day, and Chris Venture over on The Frenzy. And just all the more reason why you need to tune into the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. We are critically acclaimed, my friend.
1: Yeah. So, uh, all right. Uh, where were we? Oh, Antonio Brown. So, Art Rooney II, that's pretty bold statements by him, obviously. He really said is. it's hard to envision Antonio Brown being with the team for training camp right now while adding there's no reasons to make any decisions. Uh, I think that's the key. There's not much we can do right now. This is a quote from Art Rooney II. We have time to make a decision. We'll look at all the options. We're not going to release them. That's not on the table. But I will say all other options are on the table. Whether the situation can be reconciled and have him back on the team next year, we're a long way from thinking that can happen. We're not closing the door on anything at this point. Uh, As it says here in the article, according to Josh Alper from Pro Football Talk, Giants co- co-owner John Mara put the possibility of a trade involving Odell Beckham on the table last offseason before the team wound up working out a long-term deal with the wideout. Now, uh, I'll stop there with the article and just state that I still think there's a better chance he's back than he's not, but this brings it a lot closer to 50-50 to me. Uh, those are harsh criticisms, but I don't think people should overreact and say that he's gone, he's out. I think they need to work through some stuff. But an important difference is that Odell never just walked out on the team. and was effectively a playoff game. The Steelers have every right to look at it like that. Say he was in a bad mood, so he didn't show up to practice, and he, he made himself ineligible for the game. They should not have played him on that Sunday. I don't know if anybody else thinks that because he was fine and ready to go. He should play. He should not play. The Steelers have rules in place. He made himself inactive by not showing up to practices and walkthroughs and all that kind of stuff. So uh, I think I, I think that's the big difference. Odell has had some problematic behavior, but Antonio Brown has two, and he quit on the team in what was effectively a playoff game.
2: I agree with you largely, Blewett. Um, you know, there has definitely been something going on with Antonio Brown this year. Okay, I will, Mm -hmm. yes. Right? Definitely. And while I agree with you that these are strong statements from the top of the food chain at Pittsburgh, and while I agree with you that this makes it closer to 50-50, in my mind, this makes it closer to 50-50, but from like 99% down to 90%. I think there is no reason from now until you know March 8th (laughs) that there's any reason that these guys need to, that Rooney or anybody else in that organization needs to tell the truth to the media about what they're really thinking here. You know, I don't I don't know. And and this is kind of the time of like, you know, hot heads right now. They're all close to the moment. Let's see what happens after everybody takes their vacation. They come on back, you know, oh, and yeah. that sort of thing. And I, I I think this is a lot of talk, and I don't really think this is gonna happen. I I think people who assume this stuff or are trying to think about where A B might land, I think that's way too far ahead of the game.
1: When I say closer to 50-50, I don't think it's 50-50. I, yeah. uh, I think 90 is probably higher than I would go. I'd probably have it somewhere in the 70s. You know what I mean? Like, okay. Like, uh, you know, 20, 20 to 25% chance that they work something okay. out. It's just a huge contract to move. I was taking a look at salary caps last night, and I don't know how much money you can move around. $22 million bucks. You know, these guys have other – these teams have other people to sign – Everybody's going to say, well, the Jets and Colts have so much cap space. Yeah, do you want to bring that guy into your team when you have a young quarterback and
2: and if you're the the Colts, they're better than the the Steelers right now.
1: Yeah, like what do they need Antonio Brown for? They can go out and get somebody in the draft and develop him with Andrew Luck. So, uh, the Niners are somebody that I took a look at. I don't know if the Niners would want to to deal with that with with Jimmy Mm. G coming back off an injury, but Pierre Garçon won't be there anymore. They've been piecing it together. Dante Pettis is a piece for them long term, but Kendrick Bourne and Marquise Goodwin Goodwin's got a deal there now but can you envision a, an Antonio Brown, Marquise Goodwin, Dante Pettis trifecta that's pretty interesting along with George Kittle they are, have already paid Jarek McKinnon they still have a lot of cap space, $64 million when I checked last night yeah. so that's kind of interesting you know. If you're just Don't the Cleveland
2: Browns have some money?
1: I mean I think anybody would be willing to take the deal if they are very motivated to take to get rid of the and salary around, and get right. and get something back for it? Like, that's the thing. You're asking a team to take on $22 bucks in salary and let's get a one. They're going to be like, no. Yeah. Let's just, take, let's just take the salary and give you a three. Like, that that's the problem with that deal. It's so big. The Steelers can't right. get any value back. They're just trying to get them off the team.
2: The the value yeah. is really just getting him off the books. Right, exactly. So to ask the team to take that on and then play pay the draft capital, I hear you and I agree. I, I just I don't think it's gonna happen. And and people are also talking about, you know, I think it's like a twenty dot twenty million cap it, and people are like, Oh, well, they're saving fourteen from Le'Veon Bell. It doesn't work that way, you know. That just goes into their options yeah, that they cap have other the needs cap to address. Yeah. Yeah,
1: they didn't know, pay LeVeon, so Le'Veon I, I Bell at all this year. I don't think it's happening. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think so either. But you know, these these statements are are real statements. Uh, yeah. I, I I don't think they're fugazi, as you would say, but I yeah, think but they so... are. I, I think it... they're telling, and in how angry they
2: are that's fair but how angry they are now and how angry they are when it matters in three months are two very different things and coaches and GMs talk all the time like two weeks before the draft and those are public statements and I don't believe them worth a damn you know so I may I may even believe that that's how art Rooney feels right now but
1: mm-hmm. I don't think
2: it's gonna matter come March uh,
1: I agree. I think you're uh, I, I think that time heals all wounds. So to speak, and yeah. you had Gronk a year ago talking about retiring, and he ended up playing right. the whole year. Things like these, things like this happen, right at the end of the season. But at it's safe to say the year, they're right. they're very ticked off uh, with him and his behavior. So, um, we did the, all the coaching stuff yesterday. Um, I Speaking know. Speaking of which,
2: on so a similar on a similar vein, Leonard Fournette met with Jacksonville leadership to, quote-unquote, clear the air. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's exactly what Antonio Brown and Rooney and Tomlin are going to do in two months. You know what I mean? So I think it's interesting that, you know, Fournette just got ahead of the game. And now what's going to happen? They clear the air, and they're going to move forward together. So I think that's an interesting piece of news that crossed for me that's similar to what we were just talking about with Antonio Brown.
1: Yeah, no doubt. So, uh, okay, here is... We'll, let's flip it back over to the games because you know we only got so much time here. We're not an award-winning show, but I think we do a pretty good job. So
2: try, yeah, we do a damn let's good try job. To get,
1: let's try time. to get through it. So uh, New England, Tom, no, New England quarterback Tom Brady, and the Patriots welcome Phil Rivers and the LA Chargers to Gillette at one o'clock this Sunday. So Brady is forty-one years and one hundred sixty-three days old on Sunday. Rivers will be thirty-seven years and thirty-six days old. They combined for a total of (laughs) 28,688 days old. It's the oldest combined age by opposing starting quarterbacks in a postseason game in NFL history. Previously, a few years ago when Manning played Brady, that was the previous record, it was 28,603 days, so they beat it by about 85, exactly 85 days. Uh, You had Elway in Marino, Moon in Montana, Brady and Roethlisberger just uh, a couple of years ago. So, um, to speak about that game in general, I know this is the one that you're having a problem with. I think I'm um, in the same boat. Uh, yeah. I think New England is seven and one in this spot. They do very well against the spread in seven and one against in divisional playoffs. And you got the Chargers coming in here. It's going to be 22 degrees. There's talk of it. Potentially snowing, although that's not currently showing on uh, what I'm looking at. And betting against Belichick and Brady in this spot is going to be a tough one. I I think the Chargers having to play in the 10 a.m. Pacific time slot two weeks in a row, the NFL really wasn't doing them any favors.
2: Listen. You know how much I've loved the Chargers all season long, It. You do. And honestly, I had them last week. You know, I would have taken – I would be real excited about the Ch- the Chargers if they were in Arrowhead this week. I would be real excited if they were playing the Texans this week. I really – you know, I would like them against pretty much everybody Except having to, just like you said, in the 10 a.m. spot, travel to New England where the NFL like sets up the sacrificial lamb for the Patriots every season, you know, and I love the Chargers. But I can't actually bet money on them in this spot. I still want the Chargers to win. I want my preseason prediction to be correct for the second year in a row. You know, last year I had the Eagles to win the Super Bowl. I can't bail. What I can do, though, is say that I'm passing on this game to make a bet on. I want the Chargers to win, but I cannot put my money on the Chargers in this spot.
1: I get it. Hedge, I
2: yes. I accept it, yes. But, you know, it's like I almost said I wanted to take the Patriots on freestyle last night, and I literally vomited in my mouth. So I, I, I just – I'm serious. I've been saying this for like a you month. You check the video. I literally yeah. almost puked.
1: <laughs> Great. Good stuff. Nice visual. Thank you. So I, I just been saying for like sp- – four, five, six weeks now that the Chargers are the most complete team in the AFC, I feel right. terrible picking against them. That's why I at the sort yeah, of last same minute thing I'm doing it hemming, <laughs> hemming and hawing all last week, I did end up picking the Chargers to cover against the Ravens and they they really badly outplayed them. Like they made Lamar Jackson look like an amateur and um they ended up winning that game going away. And by the way, the kicker was awesome. You know, yeah. I don't know if they should have kicked all those field goals, but Badgley out kicking Tucker was the that was the uh, prop bet of and the that's week. A huge if thing for that. the
2: Chargers, you know. I know the Chargers have been saddled by the kickers all you know for the last decade.
1: Yeah, um, but I just wonder how successful this offense is going to be when you look at like, when you look at New England defensively. Nobody's impressed, but. Right. Um, you know they were able to limit teams running the ball. Um, they they get teams what they what New England's really good at. and we, we know this every year. They don't care if they give a whole bunch of yards. In fact, this year they were 21st in the league right. in giving up yards, that but they were break. seventh in point. There they was they were seventh in points allowed, and they're good at getting teams off the field on third down. Typically, uh, this year they had their opponents were had the shortest drive time, average drive time, of uh, any opponents that in the whole league. So the, the Patriots were getting teams off the field quicker than every other team in the league. So um, I think that speaks to really what they're good at. They focus on third-down defense and situational football in a way that really nobody, I can't see nobody else does, but they do it better than everybody else does. It's why they've won Super Bowls because of yeah. Malcolm Butler practicing that interception. I, I just think right. that that's why they're so good in the playoffs. They're very good at situational football, the best. Bill Belichick is the best. Uh, you hear players that leave there, whether they like him or not, they talk specifically about how they practice situational football constantly, and it's what, what might be a hole in some other coaches' games. So, um, I think that's why I'm struggling with it. I will take the points here. I think the Chargers are an absolutely live dog, and I could see New England winning a three- or four-point game. Um, So I'll take the points as far as gambling goes.
2: Yeah, you know, I, I just – I want to abstain, if at all possible. Um, I will take the points in the Los Angeles Chargers as well. You talk about, like, the adjustments that they make, you know, in the situational football. One of the adjustments Gus Bradley made last week was, you know, putting those three safeties at the linebacker level, right, second time around against Lamar. So here's what I want to ask you. I'm going to give you a multiple-choice question, uh, Blewett. Do you think they, you know, deploy – all pro rookie safety Derwin James, A, to cover Gronk, B, to be up in the box and even blitz Tom Brady along with Ingram and Boza, or C, to keep a very close eye on a guy like James White out of the backfield.
1: I think. Or uh, D, I all think of, think of the Tom above. Brady. I think. I think <laughs> you think Tom they try to put the actual Tom pressure Brady on? is a terrible call? No, I think the oh, blitz oh, Tom okay. Brady is a terrible call. So, my first guess it, it's been Gronk forever. Uh, I think he'll be a little bit healthier for this game, one would suspect, right. and I think he'll be a weapon in this game. but I think you really want to try and take James White out of it. He's so key in picking up first downs uh that I think it's tough now they still have a lot of weapons as much as we people are taking shots at the Patriots and they've looked like a bad team. Uh, on certain occasions this year, they still have a lot of weapons offensively. Gronk, if he can even be average Gronk, you have Edelman yep. who's a first-down machine. You have James White. Those are three in and of itself. Sonny Michel has proven to be a one-dimensional back for them this season, but he's been an effective uh, one-dimensional back. So... Um, uh, my first guess would be to eliminate James White. If you were playing the Patriots style of defense and eliminating the top weapon, right. you know it's Maybe Melvin Gordon. On the, flip, on the flip side, the number one weapon for the Patriots this year has been James White.
2: Yeah, I could see that too. I just think it's un- interesting because James White is such a Swiss Army knife. Yeah, I mean, excuse me, yeah. because Derwin James is such a Swiss Army knife and because we're talking James about White like – that's true. That's true. You know, we're talking about the defensive adjustments. I think that's going to be something really interesting to watch in this game. And if I give you a prop bet, is this the last time Gronk ever plays in Foxborough? Is this Gronk's last ever home game in his career? You take the yes side or the uh, no side on that prop? I would
3: take the yes side.
1: Yeah, I think, I, I think he's done. I, mean, I just think he doesn't want to. If I were him, I'd be done too. It looks like he's
3: in pain. He
1: talked about retiring last year. I think he wanted to give it one more shot. And that's it. So we'll come back. See if we have a little bit of fun audio for you, and we'll break down
0: Eagle Saints. It's Mike again on FSD. Exit Team can help you legally exit your timeshare contract. They've helped thousands of people, and they're A-plus rated with a BBB. So if you feel scammed, get mad, and get out of your expensive timeshare contract right now, guaranteed. Call NOW.
1: 800-804-7060. 800-804-7060. 800-804-7060. That's 800-804-7060.
0: The Morning After.
1: Sports anchors are the worst. Not the local, all of local, you. I don't want to yeah. tell everybody, but you know the a local guy? And yeah. in his sports tonight. The Mets lost 4-3. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, dude, you didn't even watch a game, right? You're sitting there like you're banging a makeup <laughs> chick in the back room. Hey, i Steve Overmeyer, and tonight
0: on News Action Channel 2, the New York Jets have a new head coach. Details at 6. <laughs> I always love when these guys give their take. Adam Gase is a great hire. <laughs> <laughs> Weekdays, 9 a.m. Eastern on FNTSY Radio and on your popular podcast providers.
1: up on Friday. Sorry, I unprofessionally took a bite of food, too close to the so I will just try and you do it. You've
2: to these things out, Bluey, come on. I know, Breakfast it's Rx bar. Breakfast is the most bar. important meal of the day,
1: though. You take Breakfast. one vitamin Rx bar, you're in it, you're in it for like two oh, and a yeah. half minutes. that's like 45 seconds at I have, least.
2: Word.
1: I, I did, it basically, as soon as we <laughs> went to break, and I can't even get through this stuff. <laughs> so, that's the right. DailyRoto.com partnership with Data Golf. I could barely do it. It w- is back for 2019 with all-new premium fantasy golf and betting tools. Check out the all-new lineup optimizer with custom settings and advanced groupings, customizable projections for Vandal and DraftKings. <laughs> I oh, can't do it. Ownership projections, PGA finish probabilities and simulator, outright and top 20 market betting tools, head-to-head and three-ball betting tools, PGA Pro Tip subscriber chat, and more. Go to DailyRoto.com, click on Go Premium, choose golf, and enter promo code GOLF19 for a 10% discount. That's I hear DailyRoto. that's DailyRoto.com.
2: DailyRoto.com. Enter the promo code GOLF19, go to the Bing right. tab, and select GOLF. There's, You know, over there are yeah. our friends at DailyRoto.com. Yeah. dot.
1: DailyRoto do- I finished it. DailyRoto.com. <laughs> click on Go Premium. Click on golf. You could have done that a lot earlier, by the way. <laughs> I kind of wanted to hear how you were going to get through it, bro. <laughs> well, I didn't. I didn't terribly. <laughs> DailyRoto.com, click on Go Premium, click on Golf, and enter promo code GOLF19 for a 10% discount. So uh, our buddy Mike Leone that we often have on the Sunday shows, uh, he he uh, he went in on Nae- Naeem Hines last week. He recommended sure Naeem did. Hines, and uh, he played Naeem Hines, and one of his friends and a well-known DFS player, CSU Ram, 88. That's uh, Peter Jennings. Uh, yeah. He stated that he also played Naeem Hines and won and won money. We have a little audio of uh, Mike Leone calling Peter Jennings and calling the hotline to find out exactly how it is he made
3: money. Go ahead, Pavona. Listen, I understand you can't come to the phone because you're busy cashing tickets, and that's got to be pretty profitable. But this mother <laughs> CSU Rams, this mother he says, play Naheem Hines, play Naheem Hines, play Naheem Hines. And I'm sitting here, and I see nine god****** <laughs> f- steps, And you're telling me I'm supposed to win some money playing nine god****** chips. <laughs> f- and CSU ran this m- I, I don't see where it happens. And you guys are busy cashing tickets? What tickets? I want to know what tickets you're cashing. Because I play Naheem Hines. I'm not cashing any tickets. I play a lot of Naheem Hines. I'm, I am not cashing any proper bother- take it. So I want know what
1: takes you guys are cashing. Peace. So there you go. That's Mike Leone, our very own Two Hats on Twitter at Two Hats One Mike. Uh, writes for Daily Roto, does podcasts for Daily Roto. He is uh, an extraordinary DFS player, and that was his reaction. He, he says that he hopes, uh, via Twitter, he said, I hope Peter, who's CSU Ram, knows that A, he was kidding and loves him. B, he recommended Naeem Hines to everyone. <laughs> C he was intoxicated and D he will leave oh, another word. voicemail <laughs> Yeah. D he will leave another voicemail this weekend uh post another Saturday of going all in on Naeem Hines, which he expects to do again. So um yes, most of the jokes on Twitter were that yeah, you didn't really have to clarify that you were intoxicated. That was like you know, that was Saturday night. He was bombed yeah. that he had uh, He even said on Twitter, like, I remember I followed Leone and he's really funny on Twitter, and he was saying that not only did he go all in on Naeem Hines, but he late-swapped a bunch into Doug Baldwin to try to save himself on Saturday night, and it did not work out. He had a good Allen Robinson day on Sunday, so uh, kudos to him, but we just thought we'd have a little fun there, so... Uh, I, also I-, I also had shares of Nahima.
2: I also had shares of minds last Same. week. I also did I didn't me win about anything <laughs> about Nahi minds last week. So I I I empathize with him and I think it's absolutely hysterical. I will say this. Um, this week I'm heavy on Marlon Mack because I do like the Colts to keep it close. I do like Mack running behind that offensive line. I do like running against the Chiefs' run defense. I do think the Colts might try to run the ball to keep Patty Mahomes off the field a little bit, although you made a great point yesterday, and Davis Maddock made a great point yesterday that they aren't really running a lot of plays and don't need a lot of plays in order to score. I still like. Marlon Mack at 7,300, I like Damian Williams at 6,100, and I like Darren Sproles at 5,400 at some running backs if you want to go off the, you know, the girly Zeke Kamara kind of uh, tier.
1: Yeah, I started talking about, uh, like, the Chiefs and the time of possession thing uh, about midseason because it starts to become a, I, I feel like it starts to become a little bit of a false narrative, and since I was doing shows in Marshall Falk, who better to ask, but, like, right. I was like, back in 99 and 2000, 2001, you guys didn't really care about time of possession, right? And he's like, no. He's like, we, we knew we were going to score. We didn't care if somebody else was winning time of possession. The only time it becomes an issue is when you're trying to run your four-minute offense at the end of the game. Right. If it's a closer game, you want to be able to churn out first downs, take some time off the clock, kneel it out, go home. But realistically he didn't care if they lost the time possession in every game because they were outscoring teams at a great pace back then you know that was the first offense that really i shouldn't say it's the first one but that was one of the offenses that really started blowing people's doors off you know you had oh, yeah, the show run and there. shoot yeah you had the run and shoot teams of the mm. early 90s like the Oilers. the Oilers, yeah, yeah. the Warren Moon Oilers. You had teams like that, and obviously the Dan Marino Dolphins put up five thousand yards passing it at a time when that was unheard of. But um, Marshall basically stated that, and I, I think the Ch- the Chiefs probably feel the same way. That's fine if you guys win a time of possession, we're putting up thirty two uh, at a minimum, and we're gonna win this game going away.
2: Yeah, I, you know, I hear you. Uh, that doesn't change the fact that I like Marlon Mack and DFS this week for other reasons. You know, maybe the sure. idea of keeping Mahomes off the field is you know, like the least of those reasons. But give me this Indianapolis Colts offensive line. Give me you know, trying to fade the Chiefs' run defense, shall we say. But I think you're right. With a team as explosive at this that just feels like they're going to score every time, it don't matter, um, then whatever. It's on the other team to kind of hold serve.
1: So we only got a few minutes left. The, other, the last game is uh, New Orleans, who holds a two-one advantage uh, in their postseason over the Eagles. In their last postseason meeting, the Saints defeated the Eagles twenty-six twenty-four in the twenty thirteen NFC Wild Card round, all the way back in early twenty fourteen. So Philadelphia leads the all-time series seventeen to fourteen. We know the Saints won the they won the NFC South title for the second consecutive year. It's the first time ever that they did that yeah. in two years in a row. Uh, They're one of three teams to average at least 30 points per game, along with the Rams and Chiefs. So, Breeze, you know, he sets completion percentage record. Mike Thomas, franchise record with 125 receptions. The Eagles, courtesy of Trayvon Hester, nobody else, uh, won that game last week. And what do you got here? Do you think this is doors blown off like 48-7 like last time?
2: I think it is slightly closer, but I do think it's more than an eight-point game. I think the Eagles can keep it close for like two Maybe two and a half quarters, and then as soon as the Saints, you know, score back to back, that crowd is going to stand up, get crunk. I think the Saints get a working margin. I'm taking the Saints. I'm laying the eight points. Call it something like 31-17, or with the total at 51, you could call it 31-20, something in that range.
1: I actually like those scores. I think that's right around right around where I'd be. I'll yep. make it 34. I'll make it. What is the what is the total again?
2: 51, so that's thirty-one twenty on the nose, but yeah.
1: So I'll do thirty-four twenty. That's my you score. You like the over? thirty-four twenty? Yeah. Yep.
2: The only other thing I'll say on this game, I've been saying it all week long, I like Darren Sproles in DFS. I think he's going to have the most touches of any Philly running back, and I really like Ted Ginn Jr. He's at the minimum, and I believe he is, he will be the second most productive wide receiver for these New Orleans Saints, who we expect to score over 30 points.
1: Cool. So, um let's do it again. So we both like the Saints, uh, yes. over the Eagles and to cover. Uh yep. we I like the if I'm if you're making me pick it, I'm gonna pick the Rams to cover uh in that game. You know, something like the the total is I'll take it I'll take it under. I'll say like twenty seven seventeen. That's, I agree that's with mean. you,
2: but I can't give out the under officially because you know I told you I promised I never would. But we're <laughs> two for two. You said oh, we see it seventy five percent the same or hundred percent. I'm intrigued. So far, we're two for two. Yeah, so let's far, go. Two two. Let's say
1: Colts Chiefs. What do you got? I'm on what the, the Colts plus Colts five. Chiefs.
2: I'm on the Colts plus five. Colts. I might score. even take the Colts on the money line, but go ahead. Give me a score. Oh, a score? Uh, hmm. It's a close one. Give me Venetieri maybe in the cold, right? You know, 28-27, 30-28, something like that. Close.
1: I'm going to reverse course. I think the Chiefs will win this one, but I will keep it close. So I'll still take the points. Okay. Uh, I think it's. Too, I think the over is too many. I think it is. So let me get.
2: So what, 28-27, 27-24 in that range?
1: 28-24, Chiefs. And I'm going to take the Chargers with the points. I'll pick New England winning by a field goal. Goskowski field goal. I'll keep that one low as well. I hope my
2: Chargers keep it going, baby. Let's go. 24-21.
1: Pats. That's it, folks. We're out. Enjoy
3: the game. It's the best weekend of football. Absolutely. Dane, I'll talk to you on Monday, buddy.